I said, everybody doing good this morning? Today's the day that the Lord has made. You can rejoice and you can just be glad in it right from where you stand. And I would just encourage you guys, get in faith. You know, don't look at your life for what it appears to be, but look at your life the way God sees your life. See what God sees. I promise you, he doesn't see all the doom and gloom. He sees you in a, I mean, a righteous position in your life. Well, it's my honor and privilege to be with you all this morning at second service on Sunday. I normally do first service, but uh, Pastor Barb, like she said, is going to be going and ministered to another church. And I've been in a series that I started a couple weeks ago called Awakening the Supernatural. Now, you can say, oh, I don't know about supernatural, and oh, I don't, you know, kind of throw your hands up. But what I have to tell you is, is that you're already experiencing the supernatural. You already are. What is making your heart beat? How will the 50 billion red blood cells that are going to be created in your body today be created? Are you thinking about it? Are you going, okay, it's time to do this now, red blood cells, and then the other ones? And No, I promise you, you are not thinking about any of those things. But they are occurring as they are designed to occur more on a supernatural level than on a natural level. And I could go on and on and on in all forms of nature how things happen supernaturally. They're not just happening physically, but there's something that is stimulating that thing to reproduce after its own kind. And when you can begin to understand that, you can begin to understand, wow, the supernatural really is around me all the time. How many people know that there are many things that you can't see, but they're real? Have you ever seen the wind? I've never seen the wind. I felt the wind. But there's many things that we can't see with our eyes that are being driven by something much more supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. Jesus was resurrected by what? The supernatural, right? So there's the natural, but then there's this supernatural. It's, it's something that's preceding the physical experience that you're having. So I'm going to read this for you. Uh, I wrote this yesterday. But miracles fall outside material and mathematical explanation. Man cannot take any credit for them. Therefore, by definition, miracles declare the presence, authority, power, and glory of a supernatural God. Now, I don't know where your beliefs are, but my beliefs are is that the way things that I experience them every day, I have to trust that there is a God. I, I just have to. You know, you look at the diversity of what exists all around you. Uh, it is amazing. There are no two people alike. There are no two eyeballs the same. Even your left to your right eyeball. Go look at home. You can see. In fact, I'd go so far as to say there is no two pieces of sand on the seashore that are exactly the same. And I'd really go so far as to say you will never find two things exactly the same. You see, the diversity that exists is astounding. It is countless. The only word that comes to mind when I begin to think about the supernatural is this idea of quantum communication. 
beyond things that could be counted, beyond things that could be understand, understood fully. Something so supernatural is occurring in your everyday life. And what I want to encourage all of you to understand is, is that you are part of God's supernatural abundance that he has established. And if you look at all of his creation, the only thing that he created in his image and likeness is you. You were created in the image and in the likeness of God. Now, how many people know God is a supernatural God? He's supernatural. He is the causing effect of the cause and effect that you're experiencing every day. Without him, you would have no opportunity to experience anything because you wouldn't be here. And everything that you're experiencing wouldn't be here as you see it that it is. And so when you can begin to understand that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, you are the dwelling place that God has chosen to say, you know what, I want to set my spirit inside of a human being. That's my desire. Now, I have many desires in my life, and I accomplish many of the desires of my life, and I hope you do as well. But listen, if God says, I desire a thing, he's going to make sure it happens. He's going to make sure that he will accomplish that which he says he's going to do. And he says he wants to live on the inside of you. In Matthew 12, 22 through 30, I want to read you this story because I really want to get into helping you understand the, dis the, the differences or the distinctions between mysticism and the supernatural power of God. So it says here, then one was brought to him who is demon-possessed, blind, and mute. And he, Jesus, healed him, so that the blind and mute man both spoke and he saw. And the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, or the devil. So they're basically saying that Jesus who casted this demon out of this person, was that he did so by the devil, the ruler of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by the devil, or the ruler of demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, um, therefore they shall be judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man then he will plunder the house he who is not with me is against me and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad and so what Jesus is saying here is that it was by the power of God that he reached out and he touched that man and he instantly was uh, delivered of that demonic activity. 
And he said, listen, every, everybody was so against him. Everybody was looking at him and going, oh my goodness, I can't believe this just happened the way it happened. So there must be an explanation for it. And so it must not be God. It must be the devil because we, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the high priests of the day, would be the ones that God would, you know, his glory would flow out of, not out of some man that was born without a natural father. Possibly a, uh-oh, should I say the word? A bastard, right? But here it was, Jesus, and he was so clear on what he was doing. He was so masterful. He says, you know what? What I really want you to all understand, because he discerned what they were thinking. He didn't hear it. He discerned it. And so you've got to understand, to discern something as specific as that is going to require the supernatural power of God, isn't it? Because the power of discernment is actually one of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that before Jesus ever did a miracle, before he ever did a sign, before any of that, that, he, that it required him to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? He did no miracle, he did no sign, he did no wonder until he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is the supernatural part of God that dwells inside of mankind. And so you've got to really begin to capture the story. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He came into a situation that was contrary to the way God organizes a human being to be. And he recognized what it was. You know, he could have just said, well, at the end of the day, the guy's blind and the guy's got some problems, right? But no, he literally discerned the specifics. He went after not just the blindness. He went after the cause of the blindness, which was this devil that was in this person. This demonic influence inside this person. I'm here to tell you today, there is a real spiritual battle that's going on in the world. It's not all about what you're seeing. It's not all about the blindness. We had people come up here this morning that want to receive to have a baby. Listen, start taking your prenatal vitamins today if you came up for that. Take them today. Don't wait. Go and buy a pacifier. Praise the Lord. Begin, but begin to activate what's inside of you. Begin to change the atmosphere. And you'll begin to see how the power of God is right there. It's right there. It's, it's eminent. It is literally holding everything you can experience in this life together, including you. But you've got to stir up the gifts of God. You've got to awaken the gifts of God that are in the inside of you and say, well, I don't know about that. I, I just wanted to come to church because my wife told me I had to today. Well, praise the Lord. You're here. You're in the church. You're hearing the word of God. And that word of God can prick something on the inside of you. I view suffering, all of it, as needless. That's how I view suffering. If I'm suffering in anything, I can go back to the Word of God and I can find out what it says about that subject, whatever I'm dealing with in my life. I can find out what it says 
And I can begin to renew my mind and renew a right spirit inside of myself. And I can change what I'm being in the world. And as I change myself and the Holy Spirit begins to transform me, all of a sudden it's like, wow, it's not so much about what I'm going to put my hand to, but it's what God has put his hand to. And it's there. It just wants to be awakened. It wants to overcome every obstacle in your life. But what you've got to understand is you've got to stir up that gift. You've got to awaken that thing. And you've got to quit telling yourself the story that, well, things are the way they are. No. Faith is the substance of things of hope. The evidence of things I can't see yet. I cannot see them, Pastor Paul. It's not that way. You don't understand. Man, we just need to sit down. You need to provide counseling to me, and you need to, you know, help me that way. And I'm like, no, 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 honey. I, I don't need to sit down with you. I don't need to sit down with you. You, you need to grab a hold of the Word of God. Just grab a hold. Because, I, I, listen, I, I'm not your guru. I'm not the guy that, that can, you know, set you on course for your life and say, well, and yep, there's the way, and, you know, slap you on the button and, and send you on your way. You know, pin, pin the $20 on your lapel here and, you know, just push you out of the nest. No, you, you better have faith before you jump out of that nest. You better know you can fly. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you can indeed fly. You can indeed do the impossible. You can do it. But you're not going to do it outside of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God. There's so many things out there, guys. So many distractions. So many ways to a means to an end. But what I'm here to tell you today is they thought that Jesus was of the devil. But Jesus' response was that he operated under the unction of the Holy Spirit of God. And that if I'm operating out of the Holy Spirit of God and you think I'm the devil, well, the devil can't cast out the devil. The devil can't transform himself. If he could, then he would, wouldn't he? I mean, if I was the devil and I could transform myself into something good, I would do that in a heartbeat. But he can't do that. So I want you all, as you're beginning to stir up the gifts of the Holy Spirit, understand you may be stirring up some other stuff that's been lying there dormant for a good long time. I teach a school of ministry here, and we talked about spiritual warfare, and my opening statement was, just be ready. Just prepare yourself. Just know that we're going to go out here. We're going to stir the waters a little bit. And we may stir up some sediment that's been laying around there for a good long time. But here's what I know about the devil. The devil can fight, but he cannot fight long. He is a defeated foe. He has no power or authority except the power and authority that we're going to give him. And at any moment of your life, you can take that level of authority. So many people... And, and I know I'm, I'm speaking to you this morning. Well, I wouldn't want to get the devil upset. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I look at the devil as like a Band-Aid on my arm. You know, I could sit there and pick at it hair by hair by hair to pull that Band-Aid off. 
Or guess what? I could just rip it off and get it over with. Praise the Lord. I would rather look the devil right in the eyes with the confidence of who I am in Jesus Christ and say, this is your opportunity. Come and do what you're going to do. But I'm here to tell you, I am not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. And I am going to take authority over you because Christ gave me the ability to do that. I'd rather go through that. Honestly, I'd rather go through that than let this stuff just lie dormant inside of me and wonder why my life isn't going the way God would want it to go and so on and so forth. No, deal with what's going on in your life. Call him out and say, listen, get out. Just like he did with this man. You have that same power. You have that same authority. Start with yourself, and then, man, get some devil butt-kicking shoes on, special shoes that you'll buy just for kicking the devil's butt. You get home from work, praise the Lord. Where's my devil devil butt-kicking shoes? You can get red ones, purple ones, green ones. I don't care what color they are. You could write right on the sole. You know, if you get a big white sole, devil butt-kicking shoes. When I put these things on, man, I am going to kick the devil's butt. Whatever it's going to take for you to quit living under the status quo living, continue to live with needless suffering in your life when you've got the power of God to transform everything in your world. Acts 4, 1 through 10, it says, While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests. Now, these religious people, I'll tell you what, Pastor, we got to be careful. We're not religious, right? we got to be careful. Because, listen, at the end of the day, if God is going to move through something, praise the Lord, whether it be a donkey, right? Right? Did, did that happen with, with, with Baal? Yeah, it did. I mean, God just said, okay, if I can't get your attention, then I'll, I'll have the donkey do that. God can move in mysterious ways. This is what I know. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed totaled 5,000 people. 5,000 people came to Jesus Christ. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Ananias the high priest was there along with Cephas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought into, uh, in uh, to the two disciples and demanded, by what power, and here, here's our point, by what power or whose name are you doing these things? And then Peter, filled with what? The Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of our people, we are being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? So basically, this guy's crippled. He gets healed. They call him out and say, hey, we're putting your butts in jail. They get their little uh, Ku Klux Klan group together. Praise the Lord. Man, watch out for people that got to have meetings behind closed doors. Come on. 
Come on. Holy Spirit can't be contained in four walls. I promise you that. And said to them, rulers, elders, the people, we are being questioned because we've done a good deed for a crippled man. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? Do you, want to, do you want to know how he was healed? Let me be clear. I love that, man. Let me be clear to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man who you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. You see, there's, listen, you can go up to Sedona, praise the Lord. They got some spiritual people up there, right? You can go up there, and it can get weird really, really quick. Really quick. And you could spend a lot of money there, right, for some mystic journey that you could go on. And I promise you, you're going to leave that place the way you came, if you're lucky. <laughs> because you may be a little bit more mixed up in your mind and not really discovering what Peter's talking about here today. And life can start to get even weirder after that. The beauty of the things about the supernatural is they're never weird. They may be uncomfortable, but they're not weird in any way. When things get weird, when man gets involved in trying to perform something without the presence of God, I can assure you of this, things are going to get weird. Mmm, I like that sound over there. Mmm. If things are getting weird, just go back to the word. Go back to the word. Because at the end of the day, if I'm crippled and somebody walks up to me and just lays their hands on, on me or tells me to get up and I can get up, there's nothing weird about that. There is nothing weird about that. That's like, wow, I was just crippled like my whole life and then the, the guy and then he just told me to stand up and I did. That's not weird. And so what I want to encourage you guys to do, if it seems mystic, then it probably is. It just probably is. Let's read on here in Acts uh, 4, 29-31. It says, And now, O Lord, hear the threats, and give us your great servants great boldness in preaching your word, preaching your what? Your word, stretching out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the name. And after this prayer meeting, the place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they preached the word of God with boldness. You see, when you're touched by God supernaturally, you're going to go from this passive Christian that just goes through life into like, look out. I have not had a experience with God. I've had the experience with God. And, and I'm telling you, you may think that I'm coming across strong, but it's really important that you get what I got. I promise you that if I came up with the cure for cancer, which I know that I already have by the power of God, 
But if I came up with a pill, a, a cure for cancer, and I cured myself of cancer with taking this pill, this herb, this medicine, whatever it was, I promise you I would become very bold in this element, this thing, and I would go everywhere and I would tell everyone that if you take this pill, you'll be cured of cancer. But what I'm here to tell you is, you're already healed. You're already healed. And you think, oh, I don't know. My doctor told me that I'm not, so I'm not. Listen, whose report are you going to believe? There, there's going to be a million naysayers. There's going to be a, mil, a million Pharisees, Sadducees, all of these guys. They're all going to come and they're all going to have their little meetings in their little rooms about why that person needs this, that, and the other. But what I'm here to tell you is, is that they didn't create you. They aren't stimulating the, 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 the supernatural part of you. Now, can medicine help you? Yes. But listen to me. You've got to understand that you have the power to heal and repair yourself. This is a divine nature that God has put into every single human being. Anybody in here, just please raise your hand. If, if Just be honest. That you have either known someone who's experienced a miracle or if you had a miracle yourself. Any kind of miracle. And so the majority of the hands in this room are raised. And when, I, when I'm up here talking this way, I want you to understand that I am speaking on behalf of the majority of the world when I talk about the fact that there are miracles that happen in people's lives. Miracles are happening every single moment of every single day. And what I want to encourage all of you to do is to stir up the gift of God on the inside of you and expect that miracle is going to come into your life. I'm serious, ladies. Man, if, if I got prayed to, for today to have a baby, which I can't, well, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> See, I know something. It happens by holding hands, so be careful. But I'm telling you, if, if, if I was prayed for to have a baby, I mean, I would be on my way to Sprouts when this thing was over. I'd be buying my prenatal vitamins. I'd go over to Target after that, and I'd start buying stuff. Why? I'm activating my faith. I'm going to change the environment of my home. I am so expectant of being expectant that I will become expectant of a baby. Man, ladies, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Yeah, get ready. Leviticus 19.31 says, Do not defile yourselves by turning to mediums or to those who consult the spirits of the dead. I am the Lord your God. So what God's saying is, listen, don't be talking to dead people. And don't go talking to mediums that are going to connect you to dead people. Now, I'm not going to name the church, but a church that's close to our church recently had a medium come into the church, was given the microphone, Honest to God, they marketed it. 
And this is what's happening in the church. We have clear scripture that would say if you do these things, you're violating uh, the supernatural, which is really what they want, right? I mean, if, if I'm desperate enough to go to a medium to hear, you know, to talk to my aunt or my uncle or my wife, the pastor, whatever it is, I mean, I understand the pain. I understand the pain. But listen, I want the real deal. I want to be healed. I don't want to talk to dead people because the Bible says that's not the way to go about it. Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 13. And when you enter the land of the Lord your God that he's giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations that are there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in fire, who practices divination or sorcery, or interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium, or a spirit, spirit, spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. And all he's saying is, is hey, you don't have to go through all that stuff. You don't have to go to the spiritualist. You don't have to go to the medium. You don't have to, you know, think that you have to do it in some earthly way. You don't have to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation about it. You just need to know that the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. The same Spirit that created you is the same Spirit that abides in you. And when you can grab a hold of that, you don't have to get mystic about it. You don't have to go 20 different directions to try to get what you've already got in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Some of you would say, well, it says not to talk to the dead. Jesus is dead. No, he's not. <laughs> Public service announcement. He's the only God that I'm aware of that showed up as a man, died, and was resurrected. And it's because of that life. He's the one that gave, you the, gave humanity life. True? And he's the same one that had to die so he could be resurrected so that you could have a new life in him. You don't have to search the world any longer. I'm telling you, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he lives inside of you. He abides in you. You are in him. He is in you. There is no separation. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. On your best day, he's going to be there. On your worst day, he's going to be there. And he's going to be there on every day in between. And what all I want to do is awaken everybody in this room at least to the idea that the supernatural power of God is on the inside of you. And I want to make sure that you're not getting distracted and you're not, you're not toying with the spiritual realm. Because there's a real devil out there that would love to distract you, would love to deceive you, and would love to get you going down 50 different bunny trails. But what you don't realize is, is those are doctrines of devils. 
I got one applaud, and that's okay. Listen, I'm a man of God. Someday I got to face God as a pastor. Someday I'm going to have to do that. Which not, most of you never will have to face God that way. And I've got to be able to stand before God and say, I preach the entire word of God. I did not compromise on telling people the truth. You're going to spend a lot of time, you're going to spend a lot of money, you're going to spend a lot of resources trying to find answers that I promise you are dwelling on the inside of you. Activate those things in Jesus' name. In Acts uh, chapter 8, I don't think I want to read this whole thing, but there was a man named Simon. You remember Simon? And he was a sorcerer. And he got, you know, hooked up with, with, with Jesus' disciples, right? And he started looking and seeing, my gosh, I've never done anything like that. That is unbelievable. Like, where's the smoke and the mirrors? And how did you, the thing with the healing? And then the guy got up. and Like, he is amazed to see how the Spirit of God is actually moving through people. But here's the deal. He went back to his old ways. And he did it by saying something that really just stopped everything in his life. And he said, how much can I give you to get what you have? And they looked back at him, and I mean, he got scorned, man. He got scorned. And what I want you to know is there's no money, there's no effort, there's nothing you could do to earn what I'm talking about. It's because of the finished work of Jesus Christ that you can operate in the supernatural. There is no other reason. You can't, listen, some people think that they could fast and they, they could just, I mean, move the hand of God. You are not going to move the hand of God by fasting. You're not going to move the hand of God by praying. You're not going to move the hand of God by tithing and giving your offerings and serving in the nursery and doing all the things that you do. No, these are gifts that are freely given to everybody who will receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So if I'm to fast, it's to get me in line. If I'm to tithe, it's to understand the principles of God of sowing and reaping. You see, I, we, we, we just, sometimes we can get things a little bit backwards. And that's what happened with Simon. He got things backwards. He thought that if I could do something, then I could have something. And I'm here to tell you, there's nothing you have to do. All you have to, uh, there's one thing. And that's just to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And do that once and for all. Don't do it over and over and over and over. No, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's it. And now it's just my job to start working out all this garbage out of my life so that I can receive all that God has for my life. I'll read you a couple more scriptures and I'm going to close. Acts 19, 18 through 20. It says, many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. They confessed the practices that were outside of the word of God. And so a number of them had been practicing sorcery, brought their incantation books, and burned them in a public bonfire. The value of the books was several 
million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. You see, this, this power is inside of you. It's coming from the Word of God. And as you begin to think about and begin to understand and develop wisdom about the Word of God and your relationship to the Word, that's how you're going to start to activate the gifts that I'm talking about. You see, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the Spirit of the Lord that things happen and continue to happen. This is how the kingdom of God is established in the earth. And all he wants to do is get out. He wants to flow out of you. You are the vessel of God's glory. Matthew 24 through 20, 24, 24 through 25 for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up to perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's people. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. My closing scripture is this. Mark 9, 38 through 40. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because it wasn't he wasn't in our <laughs> group. Praise the Lord. Get out of the groups. Don't stop him, he said, with an exclamation point. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone, raise your hand if you're in anyone, who is not against us is for us. Stir it up, people. Stir it up. I don't want to publicly um, expose anybody, so I'm going to make a statement, and if you'd like to see uh, myself after the service, I would love to pray for you. But I know that there's some people in this room that have gone the other way. You've tried to find the answers outside of the Word of God, You've accepted the words of a person rather than the words of God. And what you don't understand is, is that stuff's still there. And it needs to get evacuated. It needs to get evacuated. And just as Jesus cast out the devil of, of that man at the beginning of my sermon, he can do the same thing for you. And you say, well, I don't know if I have the devil. Listen to me. You have to understand, when you play with spiritual fire, you're going to get burned. But I can tell you this. There was three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they went into a fire. But the Spirit of God was there with them. And they came out of that fire. And not even the smell of smoke was on their clothing. And I'm telling you today, that can happen for you. You need to deal with that thing. And you need to eradicate that out of your life. But I'm going to go ahead and close the service. If that's you, you can come find me after the service. You can inbox me privately on, on uh, uh, Facebook. Let me know what's going on. And we'll set up a time. We'll get that thing dealt with. But you've got to deal with it. Because there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one is going to come unto the Father except by me. 
Some of you in this room need to get that settled as well. You're looking in many places, but what you don't realize is you're being deceived. You need to understand there's only one God that has fulfilled all the prophecies of the Old Testament. Every single one of them. I mean to the final detail. He did that for you. And He is the Son of God. He is the one that gave hum human life. He is the one that died and was resurrected and restored that life. And He is inviting you. He is inviting you to receive Him as your only Lord and as your only Savior. Go ahead and bow your heads. We're going to say a prayer. Some of you just need to get it right with God this morning. And I want you to repeat this prayer with me this morning. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. The only Lord. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you said that prayer this morning, you meant it with all your heart. You're either coming back to the Lord or you're coming to the Lord for the first time. I want you to slip your hand up and acknowledge that with every eye closed. Slip your hand up. I see your hand, honey. I see your hand, sir. Somebody else in this room, just slip your hand up. You want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I saw that hand. The presence of God is just so strong in this room right now. Hallelujah. Go ahead and open your eyes. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Your assignment this week is to stir it up. Begin to realize that the supernatural is living on the inside of you. And it wants to change all of the natural outcomes that you're experiencing. It wants to end all the needless suffering in your life. And it is the causing effect of why you're even here. God's good, isn't he? He'll meet you right where you're at. Again, if you need prayer for anything after uh, service, we're going to have our pastors and elders up here at the altar. We'll be happy to pray for you. Otherwise, God bless you all. Come on out Wednesday and uh, have a great rest of your week. Amen.